Well, I think you all know the deal. I think I might need to clean my YouTube camera off. You know what? Hang on a sec. Let's... Maybe I should have waited until the theme to do that. Now focus. No, maybe my lighting's just too hot. Well, that's gonna have to do. A little too much microphone in my life. There we go. Hey, 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 it's Monday night. I got some more plants in the background because it got cold out and the tropicals had to move inside. I don't know if that's a tradition in your household, but it is in mine and it's happened and there they are. And that's some barbecue stuff in the background too. As long as we're talking about things in the background, some bike tires over there. You wanna buy a bike tire? I got a lot. I got a really nice Japanese one, but I only got one. So either you're gonna need to um, have a unicycle that takes a 700 or maybe not mind mixing bands. But what are we talking about this for? I've had one heck of a day, and you know what I want? I want two things. I want to hear the sweet, sweet sounds of the Curry Brothers playing Link Ray Gun, and then I want to get mouth deep <laughs> into some beer. I don't know. I don't know, guys. Leave me alone. It's been a tough day. Rob Curry, tell them all about it. Right, you know that track. That is Link Ray Gun off of the record We Are the Curry Brothers from the Curry Brothers Pride of Gravenhurst, Ontario. And I am Chris Schreier. This is the Toronto Beer Podcast. Quick note about the Curry Brothers. By the way, you should probably, if you're interested in the socials and you like um, cool things and musical things, especially um, insofar as recording, you want to go ahead and follow Rob Curry on the old Instagram. I think it's called Rob at Rob Curry, Curry's recording. I can't tell you because I've my Instagram machine's currently um, live streaming. Uh, anyway, look up Rob Curry, C U R R I E. You'll find him. Um, super cool channel. Interesting microphones and stuff. Lots of cool shots of his studio space. But uh, I, I mentioned this because um, he had a rough week there last week. Got broken into. Uh, I think I've told you before, he runs an antique shop as well as a recording studio. And part of what he sells actually is um, guitars. And uh, had a couple of guitars nicked after some uh, ne'er-do-wells hucked a boulder through his front window. Um, which, like, I suppose if you're going to, uh, if you're going to do it, like, yeah, you know, at least they leaned into it. You know, they didn't get fancy and pick a lock or something. They just chucked a rock through a window. Anyway, it turned out those ne'er-do-wells did that a few other times in Gravenhurst, and God bless the OPP, they caught them. So, um, not great for the businesses affected, but good work on the uh, the uh, the frontline workers there in, in the OPP up in uh, the Gravenhurst area, uh, putting a stop to that string of <laughs> rock through window attacks. Uh, oh, wow. A whole bunch of people have joined in. Hello, hello, hello. It's so nice to see you all. Um, oh, and look, there's my wife. Oh, my gosh. It's a busy night on the on the Toronto Beer Podcast with me, your host, Chris Schreier. What was I saying? Oh, I was talking about Rob Curry. Check him out. Solid account. If you like that kind of thing. If you're not interested in interesting guitars and fascinating recording devices, it might not be as much to your taste. Uh, I digress. Guys, 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 we have got... 
We got some business to do. I need a sip of beer. I, I mentioned I've had a heck of a day. Today was not a fun day at work uh, for me. Uh, it was just a very busy, dark day. But anyway, not, dark literally, by the way, not figuratively. Nothing figuratively dark about the day. Just literally dark. Anyway, look what I'm drinking right now. This is not the beer we're drinking tonight, by the way. Uh, why? Well, because it's um, neither Belgian nor Belgian style. This is Bellweiser Pilsner. Such a delightful label. It actually kind of, um, this and um, Highlight from, uh, from Rorschach. I just like that. Lean into it. You're making an American Pilsner. It's great. We love it. And, uh, and yeah, so just go for it. Anyway, this is great. Siren puts us Bellwoods always helps. Uh oh, I, th I am going to have a great night and, and you'll see why, because this isn't the only Bellwoods I'm drinking tonight. Oh no. Oh yes. It is still Belmont's Belgian beer month which uh, is what I'm calling it. Uh, it's the B3. Uh, the, the BBBM, that's actually... Oh, no, that, that sounds like it could be sexual. Let's not go there. Uh, it is the Belmont's Belgian Beer Month. We'll, we'll stick with that. Now, when I would started thinking about Belmont's Belgian Beer Month, um, some obvious things uh, came to mind. For one, I wasn't going to do a Saison, because I do Saisons all the time. That's not that impressive. The point of Belmont's Belgian Beer Month is to draw attention to Belgian styles that um, are oft overlooked. Now, I confess, even as I'm saying this, I'm realizing there's a slight flaw to my plan tonight, but we'll leave that for a moment, and we'll see if anybody catches it. Uh, last week, if you joined us, I did a triple this is a classic Belgian style. And, and in fact, I did a uh, triple, uh, not from Belgium at all, from the Netherlands, but made by Trappist monks. So pretty close. Uh, I did openly say I wasn't going to do necessarily all Belgian beers. They had to just be Belgian style. As long as the 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 item that I've selected is a decent um, interpretation of that style, that's sufficient for me. Um and, and indeed, one of the ones that I wanted to do, which, of course, I've just spotted a small problem with, I thought, man, how am I going to do a lambic? Or if you want to pronounce it uh, properly and also sound a little insufferable when you order at a bar, uh, say lambic. I actually think it might even be like the, it might be a bit of an ah to the A. It might be a little like lambic. Um, but it's beak, not bic. Uh, but we see L-A-M-B-I-C and we go lambic. Uh, so I will not judge you if you pronounce it lam <laughs> lambic. Um, I might tease you depending on the context if you actually say it properly because, hey, that's just an affectation now. Lambic. Uh, anyway. Lambic, lambic, lambic beers are um, a, a, a wonderful part of the Belgian brewing tradition. Now, uh, not a lot of them available, unfortunately, in, uh, in Ontario. You can get um, arguably the big guns uh, in the uh, Lambic world uh, via import. Um, and I, I assure you I could have secured myself a bottle. Um, might even, they might even sell them at Bossa Nova, now that I think about it. That would have been worth a trip over to... Rancy. I wonder if 99 bottles would have had some. I didn't actually do that much research because opportunity knocked. Uh, 
Did I even say it's uh, Cantillon or Cantillion? If you want to pronounce it incorrectly, too, you could say, could I get that lambic Cantillion? Um, and that would be equally stupid. So that would be something. Um, Cantillon uh, is a lambic style of beer. And I, as note, probably could have found it if I'd wanted to. There are others. In fact, I don't know if it's technically um, actually lambic, lambic. Uh, but Mortsubi Creek is, I think, a spontaneous ferment that's done on, if it's a creek, it's cherries. Um, so that used to be available. Don't know if it is. I, I didn't even look. Anyway, the point of it is, I had a plan. Now, the first thing you need to know, lambics, lambics, are uh, what, what are called spontaneous fermented beers. Now, the word spontaneous here is probably being misused. I think you could make a pretty good argument it's being misused. Need another mouthful of beer. One sec. The idea, the myth, if you will, is that these beers were uh, brewed in... Um, well, they would, they, they would be in the kettle like a normal beer. Um, but then when they were transferred, they were transferred through something called a cool ship, which you have to admit sounds pretty awesome if, uh, if you're transferring something through a cool ship. This is basically like a water table when you're a kid, but it's big. It's made out of metal and the beer passes through and it's quite shallow and it's open to the air. And that cools it, for one thing. There's a lot of heat loss in that, which is an important step. Um, but also, arguably, it exposes it to uh, wild bacteria and yeasts in the air. Hmm. Now, most brewers work very hard to prevent exactly that from happening. But with uh, Lambique beers, which, as noted, are spontaneous fermented or wild fermented beers, um, in fact, that's exactly what they're looking for, is an infection that creates a delicious tasting beer. Now, unfortunately, some of the romance to that has been destroyed by science uh, when... Um, people who know more about this stuff than I do, uh, went looking, they realized that the main strains of yeast and bacteria that were actually doing the fermenting in the beer, and by the way, this makes perfect sense, were not drifting in on the gentle breezes through the open window and touching the beer while it was in this brief, albeit large, open um, uh, cool ship. In fact... The beer is getting, uh, to use the word properly, inoculated uh, or infected, if you prefer, uh, with said um, uh, uh, bacteria and yeast uh, in the fermenters themselves, which are wood, which have that yeast and bacteria in it. Um, so the only thing spontaneous about it is like if they just decided, hey, we're going to brew today uh, and then we're going to put it in that thing where it always comes out tasting fairly similar to the last batch uh, and that's because those those fermenters which are made out of wood uh, just have that natural uh, yeast and, and bacteria in them um, that said if you go to like Cantillon or one of those types of breweries they're all dusty and cobwebby and there's this whole like oh if we if we clean that up we might clean away the yeast and it's like well no the yeasts are they're in the fermenters guys but anyway it's a very wonderful and romantic idea. Now, the flip to that is you can actually do that. Uh, you can get 
uh, uh, spontaneous fermentation from exposure to air. And there are a couple of uh, beers, uh, more than a couple actually at this point, uh, that are made that way in Ontario. Um, the first one that kind of came to uh, my attention was a bunch of breweries. It was like Amsterdam, Great Lakes, Indy, Sawdust. Oh, who else? There were some other people involved anyway. And they brewed, they called it Niambic or Niambique, if you prefer. Um, and basically, they made beer, took it to an orchard in Niagara, uh, cool shipped it um, uh, among these trees with bugs and stuff flying around and leaves and I don't know what, um, thus exposing it to um, to wild yeasts and bacteria. I don't want to say too much about that. Uh, let's just say you can't buy that beer. <laughs> uh and I could not procure myself a bottle. Uh, I don't want to make any judgments. I don't want to make any suggestions. Apparently, some of it might have been blended with uh, some other beers. Not going to say any more about it. I'm not authorized to do so. But suffice to say, uh, I could not procure that. And that had been my first stop. Um, then it occurred to me that the likes of, say, Block 3, uh, who like to mess around with weird, funky things, uh, might have done that. I thought, oh, perhaps I'll message my good buddy Kevin. Uh, also occurred to me, uh, Little Beasts sometimes gets up to that sort of mischief uh, and thought, oh, I could message Aaron, too. But before any of that happened, what did I see on my Instagram but a post from the good folks at Bellwoods? And it was as if the Instagram algorithm was reading my mind or possibly listening to my conversations, which, sadly, might be true. The long and short of it was 13 minutes into this episode, I'm first saying we are drinking an intermodal. This is a 2022 bottling of intermodal from Bellwoods, which is a cool ship wild yeast fermented ale. That means this beer is going to be sour. Um, that is one of the th realities when you let the bacteria just decide how to make this beer. They tend to become quite acidic. As I mentioned earlier, Mortsubi Creek uh, is like that, but then they, they mix it in with cherries and cherry juice, and that sweetens it somewhat and gives something for that acidity uh, to work off of. There are also beers that you can get in this, uh, in this category, a subcategory called Giz, which is weird to say and weirder to spell. It's got more U's and E's than you expect. I'll tell you that for free. Uh, Giz is when you take older, very sour ones and blend them with newer, not so sour ones. The newer, not so sour ones don't have as much alcohol, but they have less sour. So you can kind of make something a little bit more workable out of it. But the point is these wild fermented beers tend to be, let's say challenging to drink if you just drank them the way they came out of the fermenter. So more often than not, they're finished with fruit. Uh, or a blend, a, a different beer, um, just to take some of that edge off. This beautiful bottle of 2022 Intermodal uh, is blended or, or brewed with peaches, which is one of the many accepted fruits that you will find in Lambique beers. It's called a peche. That is, of course, the French word for peach. It is also, incidentally, the French word for sin, 
And uh, there's some, I assume, conversation that perhaps that fruit that uh, uh, the serpent convinced Eve to eat and then Eve convinced Adam to eat. And man, if things didn't go wrong after that, uh, was indeed a peach, not an apple, as you were probably taught if you went to Sunday school in North America. Hey, did you know that Adam and Eve were vegetarian? They didn't eat meat until after they got kicked out of the garden. It's, it's actually explicit in the Bible. They didn't start eating animals until they'd been kicked out of the garden. Fun fact. The Bible says that in a perfect world, we're supposed to be vegetarians. How about that? Now you know. Anyway, I've got this here wine glass. Why? Well, because this is the kind of beer you want to drink out of a wine glass. It's a fancy one. Uh, if you're a little worried about spendy bottles, um, I'm not going to tell you not to buy this, but I am going to warn you, you're not going to like what you see. Uh, at 700, no, sorry, it's not even 750, is it? This is a 500 mil bottle. Uh, using the Chris Schreier one cent per mil uh, math, that should be about a $5 bottle. Now, let's allow, it had to age for a while. Um, although, they did save money on yeast, so give and take. I jest. Uh, also, there's peaches involved and some amount of aging. Anyway, it was 17 bucks, so hmm, go lightly. Uh, but I was about to say it's worth it. I don't know that. I've never had this beer before. I'm going to open it and drink it for the first time right now. That said, I know Bellwoods, and if this wasn't worth it, they would not sell it to you. There are breweries that will sell a beer that they made that they really should pour out, Bellwoods, not one of those breweries. Oh, and don't we just love them for it. Okay, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to open this. I'm going to pour it. I'm not sure how this bottle is going to react. Spontaneous ferments can tend to be a little spontaneous, and maybe that means gushing beer all over my keyboard and crotch. It's all part of the fun, kids. It's all part of the fun. Let's do it. Here we go. Okay. That was a fairly easy open, no surging. It wasn't even all that aggressive a when I opened it, so that's positive. Uh, we got the bottle here, we got the glass. Just lining things up if you're listening at home, make sure we get the pour. Here we go. Oh my golly, this looks so good. Okay. What are we looking at? Well, a less than clean wine glass, and by less than clean, well, one half of it, it's quite dirty. So I'll keep the cleaner side towards the camera. This is hazy. It is light orange uh, in color. It has a fairly active carbonation, although not a ton of head, not uncommon in the style. Um, let's give it a sniff. Oh, I'm, ex I'm excited about this. Here we go. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. This is interesting. It definitely smells of peaches, which is quite nice. Now, sour is not a smell. It is a taste on your tongue. Um, when you say something smells sour, you tend to be smelling something that you know is sour, and therefore you go, that's sour. Interestingly, when I smell this, I don't really get an overwhelming sense of sourness. It's peachy and a little malty. 
I mean, if you really want to get deconstructy, there's a bit of a floral note that I think is related to the peaches. That might be, I'm not going to say it, but without getting real deep and really geeky. Oh, hey, my buddy Rob Jackson's watching me on YouTube, and he thinks Keyboard and Crotch is a good band name. Keyboard and Crotch. I feel like that's more of a hipster barber shop, but your mileage may vary. All right, let's drink this. I can't wait, guys. I'm sorry. This just smells very, very tasty. Mm hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I haven't said this in a while, but nothing would please me more right now. No offense to everyone who's currently watching live. I appreciate all of you. But if I had my way right now, I wouldn't even say goodbye. I'd just pull the plug on this, go sit in the living room, and just drink the rest of this bottle, and regret not buying two, even though, as noted, they're not cheap. Okay, let's talk about this. I want one more sip, though, first. I need a little bit of time, if you'd be so kind. The first thing you need to know about that beer, this beer, is that it's exceptional. <laughs> that is insanely good. That's one of the best beers I've had in a long time. Now, it's not like a normal beer, right? So we're, we're in a very different territory here. But um, within my world of drinking a fairly wide array of styles, that is like, it's not even head and shoulders. It's a different animal. It's got body parts we can't even imagine. That's a bit of a weird way of putting it. Okay, let me tell you. I just want one more sip. Maybe I was just prolonging things so I could have another sip. Oh, it's so good. Okay, so yes, it's sour, but it's not aggressively sour. It's, I would, I would call it tart more than anything. Um, and I make that distinction. I realize those two words are sort of typically interchangeable when you're describing things in English. Um, but to my mind, um, tarts, nice tarts, refreshing, um, tarts, engaging, uh, tarts, manageable. Sour is, is into the realm of, it, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily unpleasant, but it, it takes work to like it. So for instance, limeade is tart. Lime juice is sour. Feel me here? See where I'm coming from? Um, this is tart. When I take a sip, which I'm about to do again, because gosh, I just want to keep drinking this beer. Yeah. So interesting. The immediate, um, the immediate taste on your palate is uh, tartness that's reminiscent of like underripe strawberries. Don't know if you can relate to that, but if you've ever um, maybe been berry picking and gotten greedy and taken one that you kind of knew probably wasn't quite there yet, um, it's 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 tart and astringent with um, I use the term green. It's almost like a leafy-like quality um, to to that tartness. Again, think about an 
underripe strawberry. As that kind of impression um, has made itself uh, known to your palate, um, there is uh, an interesting, it's not, this thing is it's multi, but it's not multi-sweet because there's such a notable tartness to the beer. You don't get a ton of sweetness off of it. Um, but you do get, uh, I, th I think it's just probably like like Pilsner malt or something, but there's a bit of a crackery, almost uh, malt quality. It's there. It's pretty quick. Um, and then you get a, a peachy quality. And I say this, that's not happening in stages. I mean, they're revealing themselves in stages, but that tart underripe strawberry is there from the word go uh, right on through uh, to this uh, nice, not quite fuzzy peach slice. It's still peach. It's almost maybe a little, I want to say cooked here. That's often used um, pejoratively, um, but that is not how I'm using it. Just that there's a, a softness and an, a bit of an, I was going to say sweetness, but the beer itself isn't sweet, but the taste of the peaches, it's not like biting into a fresh peach so much as it's like having a peach cobbler, um, something like that. Um, and then the finish is fantastically mixed between tartness and astringency. Um, there's no lingering sweetness. The, the peachy quality is there, but it kind of drops. It, it finishes on that fairly tart, astringent note. Um, again, I say astringent. You don't start thinking about hops. There are almost certainly hops in this beer, but they are not a, an important flavor or like aroma um, aspect. Um, or, or at least if they are, I'm, I'm unaware. Um, they could be adding uh, some of that, that astringency, some of that bitterness. Um, in a Lambic beer, uh, it's normal to use very old hops that have lost most of their aroma but still have their alpha acids. And in fact, some of them get a, a flavor that's almost, they say, cheesy. Um, I'm not getting any cheese on this beer, and I'm not disappointed by that. There's a Venice quality. Um, yeah, sort of uh, soft blanky, kind of white whiny. Um, it's because it's a little minerally. There's a minerality to that, um, which I think is to do with that astringency. Oh, hang on. What's the alcohol on that? I just got a little... Oh, it's 6.6. .6. Okay. I got a little whisper of what I almost thought was like, I would say alcoholic heat, but it wasn't heat. Like it wasn't like sometimes when you have like an imperial stout, there was just this like warmth for a moment, which I, I associated with alcohol and, and may in, indeed be. It's interesting. I'm trying to get um, with that tartness. I, I'm guessing that that um, underripe strawberry is one of the yeast characteristics. You, um, you know, you can get like cherry and um, sort of tart notes like that out of uh, certain strains of Brettanomyces. Um, I don't even know if they've lab tested this to know what it actually was that ended up fermenting this. Um, I'm not getting a ton of like barnyard off of it. It's not... I don't want to say it's not funky, but it doesn't have that very distinctive, uh, like horse sweat or blanket or, you know, barnyardy kind of funk to it. 
Yeah, it's um, it's, it's actually considering it's a spontaneous ferment, it's um, remarkably clean. Uh, again, I, I think I think I think that 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 strawberry note is the major uh, yeast profile that I'm getting, I think. It's definitely the more prevalent flavor, which would make sense in, in the context of this beer. Anyway, this is stellar. Oh, a little bit of, yeah, the malt, it's not quite caramelly, especially on the, uh, when you've had a moment talking, breathing, um, there is a little bit of a, a, a malty, again, sweetness isn't quite the right word in the context of this beer. But there is some malt profile in here. I mean, the most remarkable thing about this is how effectively uh, they've managed this beer. Um, now, I mean, I have I have no idea how they. I mean, I say I have no idea. I have a rough idea how they went about making this beer. I have no idea the details. I don't know if they happened to have a very successful batch and it didn't take a lot of extra effort or if there was a lot of work in here with uh, working with the fruit, with the peach and possibly, um, I don't know if it's back sweetened. I wonder if the label would say it doesn't taste like it. Ingredients says uh, water, malted barley, peaches, wheat, hops and yeast. Uh, oh, well, that's interesting. They have yeast listed in the ingredients, but it says it's a spontaneous ale with peaches. If you added yeast, is it still spontaneous? It says intermodal is our 100% spontaneously inoculated wild beer created in a style inspired by traditional Lambic producers. This special edition is a two-year blend conditioned on an impressive amount of Ontario peaches. Well, count me impressed. It's delicious. I wonder if they just list yeast because it's in there, even if they didn't add it themselves. Eh, probably. That makes sense. Um, I, they do say it's a blend, uh, which would make sense. It would be remarkable if you made a single beer and it came out tasting like this, and that's part of the art of, uh, of Lambic beer, make, or, uh, beer making, uh, not unlike uh, winemaking, where a lot of the art and artistry is about blending um, the wine that you're making um, to get the most out of the, the fruits that you've used. Um, by the way, to just pour a bit more in my glass, a bit more from lower down in the bottle, perhaps get some interesting notes from lower down in the bottle. I did not disturb it before I opened it. Ah, uh, yeah, no, more or less the same. Now, I actually even notice there's a little, uh, you probably can't see it in the camera here. Maybe, actually, you can. There's a little yeast cake at the bottom of this beer which is normal. It, it wouldn't have been filtered or, or centrifuged out. Um, so it would have had that yeast in it when it was bottled and that'll drop out. Um, Kensington, actually, it's not uncommon. They serve them in these like uh, bread baskets that holds the bottle at sort of like a, like a 30 degree angle or 25 degree angle. And then you just pour out of that. 
and that lets the yeast settle down into the the very bottom corner so you don't get the yeast the yeast admittedly tends to be not as palatable as the rest of the beer some folks disagree and they give it a good old swirl and dump it in and i don't want to yuck your yum uh, but I'm also aware that the people who make it don't do that, so I tend to take their word for it. Uh, this is fantastic. Absolutely delightful. Uh, this is, by the way, Intermodal 2022 on peaches from the ever delightful Bellwoods Brewery. I'm going to talk to you about food, but I need another sip of this. And if you know me, you know where we're going. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, oh, it's so good. <laughs> Seriously, can't I just go? I've been talking so long. It's 32 minutes. Can't we just wrap this up? Um, this is really tasty. Uh, it, it, it does have a Venice quality to it, uh, not unlike a bit of a white wine, obviously with some notable differences, um, but beautiful, bright acidity, nice peachy note. That very sharp, uh, um, you know, underripe strawberry note. Um, just that little bit of heat, a little bit of warmth. Real nice. Uh, so I, on the one hand, anywhere that you would think about having a white wine, like a soft Blanc, hey, this is probably going to work OK. This is going to go really good with pork. If you eat that sort of thing, make yourself a pork chop on the bone if you're brave and have this with that. You're not going to be sorry about that. It's going to be another one uh, like last week's going to do really well with shellfish. If you like shellfish, if you don't eat either of those, um, it's going to work really good with a bunch of different types of cheeses. With this one, it's going to be a bit interesting. Tend towards the fattier, more uh, not neutral isn't exactly the word we're looking for here. This is going to go great with a brie. Don't try and start mixing your funks. This, this is not begging for like a, a really dank kind of cloth bound cheddar. No, um, if you want it funky, that's cool. But go with like an unpasteurized brie. Introduce the funk without really popping too much of that cheese thing. Um, like I'm not saying a beamster or a cheddar or something isn't going to be OK with this. You're probably going to taste it and think that's pretty good. But lean into that fat because this is so tart and so astringent it could bully the fattiest creamiest cheese you can find um that's what this this beer could do um so let it do that think of the cheese more as the canvas to let the beer really paint some beautiful pictures whereas a lot of the time we're looking for like mutuality or even letting the cheese sing on the base that the beer is building. This is the exact opposite with this beer. Uh, the cheese is just there to make the beer better. And uh, I think I think you would really enjoy that. Sorry if you're a vegan, I don't have any suggestions for you tonight. If you're a vegan, just drink the beer. It's bloody delicious. You won't be upset. You could do some interesting stuff with fruit with this. Obviously, you could try eating some peaches. Um, go for a little simpatico. But uh, you could play around with uh, like green apples and stuff and just 
things that have similar flavor characteristics, or you could go completely the other way and have something jammy and dry. I tried like some dried apricots or something, see if those bring out anything in the, the beer that you maybe wouldn't have noticed if you hadn't kind of compared uh, those two flavors. This is such a damn good beer. I'm going to have a sip, then I'm going to wrap things up real quick because, as noted, I just want to go drink this beer. I've had a day, guys. I've had a day. Mmm. But I have some other stuff i got to tell you about, too. Okay, first up, I haven't talked about rugby in a while, uh, and my apologies for that, but uh, this past weekend was the final for the Women's World Cup. Canada, sadly, did not uh, beat England as we expected in the semis and then fell in a very uh, flat-looking match from them. They just didn't look like their heads were in it uh, to France. So Canada placed fourth, France in third in the big final between England, the Red Roses, and the New Zealand Black Ferns. The expectation was that England would continue what had become a 30-game winning streak and seal the deal uh, as everyone thought they would. However, New Zealand had other things to say about that. Um, yes, England got red carded and New Zealand for a remarkably similar tackle only got yellow carded. Who knows? We can't revisit that. The official that day was literally one of the best in the game. Uh, so we need to assume that uh, they knew what they were talking about. As it was, New Zealand hung on to win another world title robbing England <laughs> of their uh, joy. Um, and admittedly, making those of us who don't necessarily always cheer for England feel not too bad about the situation. Also, the Autumn Internationals are on, and they're great. Wales beat Argentina, who'd beaten England the week before. Man, it's a good time to be watching rugby. That is the rugby update on the Toronto Beer slash Rugby podcast. Uh, also, quick PSA. On Friday there, I had my uh, my COVID booster bivalent, uh, bivalent for two strains that are not dominant anymore. Um, but hey, you got to try, guys. You got to at least show up and try. Uh, got that. I also got my flu shot, which was quadvalent. I got six veiled on uh, Friday there. Didn't feel great on Saturday, but that's the cost of doing business. I would highly recommend that uh, if you are medically able to go ahead and get both of those and protect the people around you, the people you love and the people you've never met, but who might not be so robustly immune. And you can do a lot to help them have a better life by just doing the simple act of, yeah, having two not the most comfortable needles you've ever had and then a day of feeling maybe kind of blah or feeling like nothing at all, because apparently some people don't feel sick at all. Lucky you. Uh, also, guys, put on a mask if you're inside. I'm not wearing a mask right now. I'm inside, but I'm in my own house. If you're going into a shop, if you're going someplace where there are other people, put on a mask. I know COVID's airborne. I know if you're going to be in there for more than about an hour, the mask will have virtually no use. But in the small interactions where you might accidentally spit in someone's face, the mask helps a lot. So... Please do it. It's just a simple thing. It also helps remind people that there is still a pandemic and we need to be careful. Those are the PSAs. Now, I'll give you a treat and tell you things that are coming down the pike. And I actually know two of them. So hold hold your horses. 
hold on to your horse. Hold, yeah. I want another sip of beer. Now, I don't normally promote Black Friday because I think it's stupid and um, a little predatory, if I'm honest with you. But a lot of people like that stuff. And if that's you, hey, you do you. Uh, don't buy stuff you don't need. Seems pointless. But the other thing that happens around Black Friday is that people make beers that are related to Black Friday. So, actually, I said I've got to shoot. One of them is Blackburn from Left Field. That comes out on Black Friday. And it's the other one that I saw. Muddy York? It might be Muddy York. Okay, I've forgotten. This is why I'm supposed to make notes. The point is, a bunch of breweries tend to make Imperial Stouts that come out on Black Friday. And uh, if you like Imperial Stouts, and golly, I hope you do, because they're real interesting, tasty, complex beers. Any opportunity, any opportunity is a good one. They're not Belgian, so I will not be doing them on the beer podcast this month. But uh, maybe if I pick one up, I'll do it in December. Imperial Stouts can be good Christmas beers. Again, very complex, can work well with an array of fairly complex foods, which you might run across at Christmas time. Uh, so look up that. Apologies to whoever it is that I forgot. They, thought, they didn't send me anything. I just saw it come across the uh, the bow of social media. Um, but anyway, Black Friday, big stouts coming out. Look them up. Yeah, Goose Island does one. We don't need to talk about that. They don't need any help from me. Don't buy theirs. Buy one from a smaller brewery. And if you want to buy one of theirs, buy six from a different brewery first, uh, just to make up for it. Don't get me started. Anyway, uh, that's it for the week. Hey, it's Belgian Beer Month. This was intermodal wild ale brewed in the style of a lambic or lambic, if you prefer. You can only get this from Bellwoods Brewery, but the good news is they deliver. That's how I got mine. So you can jump on their website, or if you're in the West End, you can just go buy one of their two breweries and pick some up. It's worth every, every penny. Uh, if you, like me, don't like to pay for shipping and would rather just buy a bunch of beer, I would also recommend Bellweiser, which is what I was drinking at the start of this. Real nice. Uh, white Picket Fence, delicious. Farmageddon. Amazing as always. Really happy to have that in my fridge. Uh, and I got a couple that I haven't had yet. Um, Double Velvet or something like that. Big IPA. That looks interesting. Um, uh, oh, Amaze Balls. Speaking of Imperial Stouts, it's like a chocolate peanut butter or something. Hmm. You had me at Amaze. Uh, anyway, pick up some stuff. I don't get Bellwoods beers nearly enough. That's not true. I buy Bellweiser at the grocery store a bit um, and sometimes Jutsu because it's real nice too. Um, but I just, I don't get out West very much. And they're so dang popular. It's always so full. It's great. I love that. That's good for them. I'm proud. You know, I, I remember watching Luke um, sweating joints on copper fittings when they were first starting the brewery. Like, that's great. I love that. I love how popular and hard it is to get a table. <laughs> it's really good. It's just not good for me. Uh, but I do order from time to time. And I did. And I enjoy... I've enjoyed everything. Haven't had it all. 
maybe I'm going to run into a real stinker, but I doubt it. Because Bellwoods makes amazing beers, and when they don't, they put their hand up and say, sorry, didn't get that one right, you don't get to try it, we're getting rid of it, it's awful. So anyway, get yourself some intermodal, especially if you're interested in the Belgian style of beer called Lambique. And yes, there are others available in the province. I in, in the process of procuring this one, had a few conversations with some brewery friends and was told that, yes, indeed, there are a few others out there. So you can look those up. Um, they're not easy to make, so be ready to spend some money on them. Um, if you're into that sort of thing, though, they're worth it. So... That's the moral of the story tonight. Kids, hey, next week, we got two more weeks of Belgian Beer Month. We know we're going to do a quad, and we know we need to do something else. I don't know what that something else will be yet, and I don't know what next week will be. So, I guess time will tell. Until then, you have yourself a good week. Be safe out there. Take care of each other. And I will talk at you next Monday around 8.30 or so, because that's when we do on the Treno Beer Podcast. Have a good night. Bye.